Hello and welcome to The Rec Podcast, hosted by Owen Midder and Ross Taylor. We're taking a look back at the history of the University of Bath's men's sixes hockey team. Talking about unforgettable moments from the history of the Rec Ones on the pitch and off it. As always, take Pete's advice and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to hashtag PeteBlocks. This is the Rec Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Rec Podcast with me, Owen Midder, and Ross Taylor. Today, we're talking about some of the Rec's icons from over the years, those big game players, or indeed big social players that are memorable from all members of the Sixes. And to discuss their performances throughout the years on the podcast today, we've got Nathan Khan. How are you doing, Nathan? Hi, Owen. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a while. Good to have you on. Obviously, Nathan, I think you graduated last year, was it? A member of the Sixes for five years in the end, uh, similar to uh, Ross and I obviously doing Mechenge. What was your, um, from your, from memories at the time with the Sixes, what was your favourite match and your favourite social? So that's a tough one, actually. I'll, I'll try to go for one that hasn't been said before. So um, it was an away game against one of the schools in my third year. So I guess you guys must have been on placement, potentially. Yeah. It was a really big turnout. We had about 16 or 17 on the coach. And um, Sam Moses, or Big Sam as he was known that day, had turned <laughs> up with our manager in a suit with a clipboard and a newspaper under his armpit. He was taking it really seriously. And, you know, he went up at the start of the game to shake the opposition coaches before the hand. I think um, I did play in that. It was Millfield away. Oh, did you? That was Millfield it, yeah. Away. yeah and yeah. The, the opposition coach was this really grumpy 40-year-old teacher who did not have time for Sam at all. And uh, that was the match that uh, big Jordan Scott got sent off for swearing at the top of his voice. <laughs> after some, like, 50-year-old kid had completely skilled him and left him for dead. And uh, we then tried to convince the umpire that um, he actually had Tourette's and guilt trip into <laughs> putting him back on the pitch. It just didn't happen. But I think we lost in the end. It was just a really close yeah, game and a really good lose. day out as well. Yeah. So that would that'd be the game. We, we profited a few hockey balls, I think, from memory as usual. Yeah, that's the I'll key for <laughs> And then uh, the social, I think uh, Daru mentioned what was probably my favorite social last week, which is the Mario Kart social when um, Nora and I ordered just a massive amount of um, beasting. So I guess I go for the the final year, um, my my uh, final meal. Um, I was I was absolutely screwed by my final year project. So I only turned up for the end of season meal and I went home. And about half an hour after getting to my room and finally convincing myself to do some work, Rupert, Rico, yourself, Ross, and Danny, and I think Tendo might have been there, burst into my bedroom, put on music <laughs> at the top of the top of the volume, and tried to drag me out to malls for a big send off. I just thought that was really nice. So that's got to be it for me. Yeah, that's class. Interesting, you mentioned the bee sting. Actually, I've forgotten about that. I think that did me in that night. Troll with the percentage yeah. Yeah. We, we took the actual, um, we took the actual plastic wrap out of the crate, and we just brought it along with us and started spraying you guys. That as you're running up and down all of the um, obstacles in the skate park, it was so. Deep. I, I might, I might be wrong, but I remember there being a lot left at the end, and Daru yeah. giving it to a homeless man on the way to the cork. No way, I can't remember. Always that, charitable. Actually. The wrecks always charitable. When we can't. <laughs> yeah, we really I, are. I seem know. to remember that. I seem to remember that. But as I say, I was very much gone on that night. Um, yeah, much due to the bee sting. <laughs> I think I've got a video of you actually falling over during the race. Actually, <laughs> oh we'll really? That, yeah, we'll keep that one hidden, shall we? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you then. I'll send it to you. 
Looking then at the, the rec icons, as Owen discussed, um, the, the first one on our list tonight is um, JLS or uh, John Luke Summerfield, for those that um, aren't aware. Um, Nathan, you'll maybe remember more. JLS would have been a fresher with you, is that correct? Yeah, we started at the same time and we were both a little bit late to the uh, the sixes because obviously he started, I don't know if you heard about this, he started in the ones <laughs> and uh, within about three weeks he got dropped to the sixes and I started in the fours and within about three weeks I also got dropped to the sixes. So Was that we through trials yeah. you got into the fours or how did that come out? Don't ask me how, yeah, it was yeah. through trials. Basically Miracle. I didn't touch the ball but I got into space and that's what they cared about apparently. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I remember there was some story that JLS actually attended pre-season and that's how he got into the ones in the first place. Obviously not the normal route to just go through trials in Freshers Week, but he was actually there in pre-season. Is that true? Yeah, he started, I think he spread the story that he got selected or invited to pre-season by one of the ones at the time. So he turned up to pre-season and he made it, he made it through a few weeks in the ones somehow. Uh, don't ask me how. Um, you know, he's not bad, but he's not, he's not one standard by any means. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. Maybe that's something we can uh, check with JLS a little bit later on when uh, we're going to give him a call in a bit. So do stay tuned to hear for uh, what what he's got to say about it. But obviously, he was a great guy. I remember him always one of the sort of top socialers throughout the year and always seemed to sort of be making a making a mick out of himself in, in some way or another. And that generally sort of put him into the, the Dodd bracket. I don't know. <laughs> he, was, he was often a, a, a candidate for Dodd. Can you remember any sort of specific incidents that maybe you know he was he was a downright dodd for well so the thing about jls is that I, some people might not agree with me he did have quite good stick skills no he was he good i remember really he, have... he bagged he bagged quite a lot of goals for us he over the did, season he did yeah and, and because he was obviously in the ones he thought he was really good as well. So when he didn't do well, he got really frustrated with himself. And just seeing him have these mini tantrums on the pitch while he was also trying to skill all these little kids, just it was just a prime candidate for Dodd when he rarely messed up, you know. Yeah, yeah. I do remember um, on the pitch, uh, JLS against, I think it was Brockenhurst away uh, in, in our first row and um, bagged a goal against, I believe he claimed the under-18 England goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, JLS, certainly uh, one of the more technically gifted players throughout rec history for sure yeah I do remember that you know although I think that was also the time when he forgot the shirts uh, as, we, as we talked about in the um, the Away Days podcast a few episodes ago uh, but yeah we do have uh, JLS on the line now actually JLS welcome to the podcast how are you doing uh, great thank you thanks for having me I'm, I'm glad to be here it's nice to uh uh, reminisce. So, uh, first thing to discuss, well, I had a chat with Nathan and Owen there, and uh, we were hearing about the stories of your uh, start in the hockey club, beginning right at the top in the the men's first eleven. How did that come about? Right. So the whole, I'll do the short version, but the whole story <laughs> is, um, I was playing for school, and I was at the indoor schools with a few boys in the old year at my school and they were okay. really quite quite good hockey players one of them actually went on to play for the the nottingham ones and he was uh, yeah. there on the other side of the pitch sort of thing when we played them in the bucks cup in the and i was in my first year obviously he's in his second um and we got talking and then my name got bounded around and i got invited with a couple other people uh one boy lewis fraser uh who okay. people in my year might remember to a one trials in January before we went to university okay in your final year of school then 
Yeah, and I, I saw this as an opportunity to obviously, hopefully, prove that I was quite good, but also to double yeah. up. You know, it's a it's an insurance in case <laughs> grades didn't go the way that <laughs> were predicted. I mean, everyone will do anything when it comes to sort of trying to boost their potential worth to the university. Yeah. Uh, and I was sports scholarship opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we were invited by Jody Poole, who I don't know if he's still the coach, but he was the head coach of the... Yeah, uh, Jody Poole's still around. He's the current um, ones coach for men's and ladies. Yeah, and um, I made a good impression. I was invited to pre-season, um, which bemused some people and confused me, um, but I was really happy to go. <laughs> And um, uh, made a muppet of myself a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, it, it slowly began the descent. I actually um, <laughs> played a pre-season match briefly against Bristol. Um, that is impressive. Yeah, and then I actually did a pit stop in the fives as well. I was there with Leachy, I think, had, had moved the team. Uh, Nathan had moved team, Khan. Um, and... We weren't the only ones. There were people going the other way as well. So, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of a kind of a, a merry-go-round of people moving from up, down, left, right, different teams. But did you did you you're saying you went to the fives? Did you go from the ones to the fives, or was there any stops at lower teams in between? Um, well, after I played in the preseason, I, I was actually quite hurt going into beauty, like. January yeah. was peak physical condition after exams <laughs> and regional swimming where I actually hurt myself. I then right. got injured more and couldn't get an osteopath appointment, which is what I was going to right. have. And it really messed it all up. And uh, yeah, I I moved as a pit stop just to the fives. A um, couple yeah. of boys in there would have been, uh, one was actually in my house, uh, Theo, and it was a, a brief stop. A brief stop. In, in your defence, though, I mean, the fives and the sixes wouldn't have been that much difference. I, w- I would have thought um, someone like yourself probably could easily have, have played in the fives that year. The fives and the sixes traditionally are always quite close in terms of talent. Okay. Well, that's interesting to hear. I say it's always been one of those kind of myth stories that have never really been confirmed. <laughs> so it's, I think the guys will appreciate hearing it um, you know, from yourself. Um, the yeah. other thing then that we discussed was... Um, your goal scoring ability and uh, in this case talking about Brockenhurst away and I don't know if you'll remember this game specifically uh, but it was the game in which you forgot the jerseys <laughs> and so we were uh, <laughs> odd votes were heading your way before we even got started yeah I didn't have to try for that one I mean I, I normally make the case for Dodd I mean I, I always found it funny how uh, myself and Matt could end up on Dodd and Mom depending on which way we got out of bed sort yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. We weren't the only ones, of course. I mean, but we were definitely more in the Dodd cam. Yeah, I mean, I've looked through the you know, match reports and you're right. Yeah, you guys almost <laughs> always feature in one of the three awards. <laughs> but you move between them depending on performance. But yeah, in this game, I think uh, that the rumour is that you scored, well, I think you scored our equalising goal and uh, Owen was saying that there's rumours that that was the England under-18 goalkeeper it was against. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I didn't know for sure, but like when I scored that goal, uh, you know, you just get the buzz, and uh, every time yeah. in a game, you, you're just happy to score. And then we start hearing these whispers, and everyone's kind of <laughs> doing a double take, like, no, that guy, no, he's not under eighteen anything. Under eighteen blind school, yeah. maybe, but there's no way. <laughs> 
England under 18 goal scorer. Sorry. You, you go to these schools, Millfield and uh, uh, Whitgift, and a lot of the players at the schools are the people in the high pack and the sort of high up uh, under 18 hockey system. Yeah. So it, it, it may well have been. I, I think if I remember right, it was. But uh, it, was, it was more of a... a Calamity that he conceded, then well done, you scored. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, yourself and Claude bagging the goals, so I'm sure he'll be. Uh, <laughs> forget that game. Grown <laughs> supermodel, fantastic. But yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't enough to secure you the mom. I think you still got the door that day. <laughs> we, we saw the jerseys as a, a bigger sin. But yeah, yeah, thanks very much. Um, thanks very much, JLS, for joining us. And yeah, hopefully, you can look forward to hearing back the podcast. Uh, when we'll be discussing uh, Matt Easton as well, you've mentioned he will also be featuring as a, a rec icon. So look out for that one. And uh, yeah, I hope you're keeping well and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Keep well, everyone. Another name that goes back, uh, I think, to the early days um, would be Ben Smith, uh, more commonly known as Claude. Nathan, I think he would have been possibly older than you and uh, maybe even started before you. I think Tim Leach and stuff, maybe more of that era. Do you remember much of Claude? I think it's still questionable how old Claude actually is because yeah. I don't know. I've known him for about six years and I have no idea how old the guy is. Yeah, he was he was a bit of a character, probably one of my favourite in the wreck actually, just because he was Claude, you know. Do you know what, what? Where does that come from? Because we obviously came in in 2015 and this bloke called Claude remembered trying to find Claude on Facebook and <laughs> yeah. he didn't exist. You know, yeah. Everyone called him Claude. No one called him by his actual name. Where did the name come from? So it was a year or two before my time, I think. So it would be the sort of Tom Ash, Dooley, Danny, Will King sort of era. And it must have been his first year and one of his first socials. But he didn't actually tell anyone who he was. He just kind of rocked up. And he didn't really say much either. He just kept following all the seniors around in the pub and then in score and then after the night out as well. And they had no <laughs> idea who this guy was. So they just decided to call him Claude because he looked like a Claude, which is really fitting. And it just kind of stuck since then. Yeah, and, so uh, what? Yeah. You just used to call him Claude, but I was like, I don't actually know what your name is. And I guess that that kind of echoes back to that first night. You didn't really know who he was, but he was just Claude. He was just there and he was he was, he was a benefit to the night out, to be honest, say what you want about him. And I think a kind of testament to that is we passed on the mantle of being called Claude to, I think it was Daniel Palmer who got it the next year after he graduated. So it is kind of, we tried to keep that going. He was just a big part of the sixes. Yeah, I don't think that Claude Monica lasted much longer after Ben Smith. Uh, not left. surprised at all. I remember Claude on the pitch always being a, a bit of a ball greedy man. <laughs> not not a terrible player by any stretch, but um, always demanding the ball off him. Hard to get, uh, once he got his head down, it was hard to get it off him. It really was. I think he also tried to claim that he was top scorer for the Sixes two Ooh, years right. in a row, um, which we, we, we verified was not true. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was. he did enjoy his time on the ball. I'm sure in our first year, he, he might well have been the top scorer because he, he wasn't really in the side in the sort of first semester and, and Rico was sort of the sort of number one striker and he was bagging the goals. Um, but then I remember sort of second semester, he had a, a spurt of three, four games where he he bagged one or a couple goals every, every time. And I remember thinking he could possibly be in the run, running for a top scorer. Fair enough then. Um, I, he's the sort of jammy guy that could probably pull that off, so I wouldn't have yeah. asked him, to be honest. Yeah, I'd be interested when we uh, get in touch with Claude, we'd be interested to see how many years he has played. Because obviously we had Tendo down 
as the rec record holder of five seasons. But I suppose Claude, yeah. rumours of PhDs and masters courses, <laughs> it's possible that Claude has played, you know, up to five seasons. We'll have to find out. I think I think Claude played for four seasons. He just had a big gap between them. Um, right. I think that might have been it. Yeah, we'll find that from him. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned there his first social with the rec, and I think that's something that was a bit of a theme of of. of the man himself was that he was a bit of a bit of a weapon actually in on the dance floor. <laughs> he really and, uh, was. Well, what what are your some from some of your favourite memories? So Claude's the type of guy who took the idea of the numbers game and just completely ran with it at school. You know, <laughs> he had the idea in his head, and he 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 told us this that if you try and get with a hundred girls, at least one would get back with him. <laughs> uh, which was it just provided brilliant content on a night out when he'd get rejected 99 times in a row but I, I guess it kind of worked for him but it was just really funny um one of my best memories of claude actually was in my third year we were doing a charity fundraiser where we had this beer pong competition oh yes which yeah. is a five quid entry with free alcohol so you know what could go wrong um and claude and peter has teamed up and somehow they went and won the entire thing so we all started celebrating like we just won the Champions League, you know, chanting all the Ranger songs and all that. Um, and we all got incredibly binned. And Claude had decided that his best friend was this inanimate object, this pillar in the Claverton rooms. And for about 20 minutes, he was talking and hugging and <laughs> dancing just just with this pillar that was propping up the ceiling. And uh, if you scroll through the Facebook group, there's actually a photo of him, like completely elated, the happiest he's ever been, covered head to toe in alcohol, chatting up this post. And it just epitomizes everything. I think remember he's, he's got a shirt with like half the buttons on. He's just like yeah. strolling across the table with his arm around this pillar. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. I've just, just done a little search of... Claude in the Sexy Sixes group, and there's so much gold there. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's well worth a search if you if you've not before, because there's some great photos in here. Uh, Claude, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah, um, Claude, we've been chatting with uh, Nathan um, and Owen there just about uh, your time in the Rex, yeah. and one of the questions that often comes up is, you know, when did Claude start playing for the the, the men's Sixes? Because you're one of those names seems to have gone across all the years of rec hockey and you know, when was your first season for the recs yeah so when i was in it was in, when i was in first year which was 2012 so i think that i think that was the second 2012 christ yeah, fair enough that's a long time yeah eight years yeah i think i think it's yeah because i think that was the second season from right yeah yeah and then obviously we had many most of us are freshers really so and and you played then, was it four seasons you played for the Rex? Yeah, four seasons, yeah, because I had a place to play out, so yeah, two years. That's, that explains it. Yeah. Because there was rumours of you um, returning for an additional PhD Masters. I think those were just rumours. I think you, you did a four-year degree to Masters, is that right? Yeah, I did a Masters afterwards, yeah, yeah. You did? You did a Masters at Bath as well? Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Okay, that explains it then. That was where the rumours came from. And, and then, of course, the name Claude, I mean, Nathan alluded to the fact that you know i think he thought it was something to do with just the fact that no one knew your name in the first social yeah. and club was throwing your way and is that how it happened or what's your side of the story from where the name came about so actually it was actually from mark lightbody who i live with in first year and i think we were walking to the supermarket one day and he just refer he just refers to me as claude i look at him and goes, <laughs> why are you calling me claude <laughs> he goes ah you look french or so <laughs> So you just then, then it sort of stuck, and then all my housemates basically decided to call me Claude because he then played hockey as well. He basically called right. everyone else it. So for, I found it very strange, but it's, I just sort of went with it and thought, fair enough, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, it got you into the into rec folklore as such. And Mark yeah. Lightbody, that name's come up before. You said, was he a rec player himself? Yeah, he played. He played for a couple of seasons, and then I think he then he then started playing in the fives. I think uh, that's interesting. And good to get the source of that name finally uh, yeah. worked out. Another thing that came out we were chatting with Nathan was um, social side of things. There was uh, memories of you, I think it was you and Peter Osens in a yeah. famous beer pong victory. What were your memories of that night? Yeah, so, <laughs> that was a funny night. We we basically did the beer pong. I think it was like a St. Paddy's Day because we watched the Six Nations match. And uh, right. you'll be happy because I think Ireland won. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of my time at uni, we have won. Yeah, yeah. But, and then we then obviously we had the beer pong afterwards, which we managed to win somehow. And I, I wasn't that, there myself. It was Claverton Rooms. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that was right. Yeah, and I remember it was like it came down to the last the last cup. We're both trying to get it in. We're both trying to get it. In. We're doing yeah. and neither, neither team could get it in. <laughs> and eventually, I sunk it, <laughs> and then everyone just started cheering. And at that point, someone handed me a bottle of wine. I downed the whole <laughs> bottle. Which made Classic. me very, very drunk. So Yeah. So I suppose your memories of that night kind of end there. Yeah, well I actually remember I remember sort of going into whatever it was, fuzzy ducks or whatever. Yeah. And then then I can't remember anything up to walking home up like wherever it is one of the hills I live at. I remember like yeah. like walking into the wall. <laughs> at, <laughs> I remember like I woke up the next day and like my arm was like all like bruised and I was like, "What the hell happened last night?" Walking in the walls. Yeah, I mean that's one of the only times I actually sort of fully blacked out. But yeah, I mean, what happened between walking home and then? I have no idea. So I don't remember really hardly any of it. I just remember the photo of me in in uh whether it is class or whether it was called then. Yeah. But and I just had no recollection at all. So. That is a classic one. I mean, yeah, I remember that beer pong win going down in the in the wreck, uh, on the wreck page that night. Um, the other thing then, moving back to the pitch, um, we're saying about rumours, like Nathan mentioned, there were some rumours that you'd put out yourself, possibly, that you'd been top goal scorer, I think, a couple of seasons in a row. Are, are you standing by that? I think it was maybe 15-16 and 16-17, something like that. I can't remember. I think one, I think one season, I was. I reckon I was right up there. I don't think it was two seasons. In in my first year, you were definitely up there because when, yeah. when we've gone over some of the famous away days and stuff, you've always been on the score sheet. Yeah, I think that would have been when I came back from placement. So that would have been what fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, so, fifteen, well, sixteen. That's the year. I think definitely yeah. it would have been probably between yourself, maybe Leachy, JLS, those kind of guys, Jamie uh, Richardson. Yeah. Those people would have been in the mix. But yeah, yeah. we'll have to meet. Speak to some of them and see if they uh, agree with you. But yeah. I think definitely you were up there. And as I say, yeah. uh, we talked to JLS about that famous away win at Brockenhurst. I think you sealed the winner. Yeah, I think that um, was one of my favourite matches, actually. One win. Yeah, because we, we, we were chatting. I remember it was, I scored the winner, but it was it was so early in the game. that We held. I didn't realise it would be the winner at the time. Because I think yeah. after that, it was almost like like that England game in the World Cup where they they just they score the goal and then they just completely like relax and yeah. all them. I think they had about thirteen short corners. Yeah, it was definitely one of those games we're getting on the bus thinking, "How have we won this?" I remember I was up front and I was probably the only one that actually got out of the half, <laughs> our own half, in that sort of like last third or whatever it was. But yeah, it was unbelievable. I think it was it was so tense. 
And to actually yeah, like end up winning, you just like it was just relief. It was just yeah. No, oh, it was it was a great game. I said it featured in our away day uh, thrillers you episode. Played, so, yeah, yeah, I played in that with Owen and um, Jamie and the guys. We played. Oh, Jamie may miss that one. Um, there, there you have it, people. Claude, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. Hi, this is Aaron, more commonly known as Chappers, and you're listening to The Rec Podcast. Moving on then to the second part of the show, we're going to be talking about uh, Matt, East, Matt Eason and uh, Duncan McDonald. So starting with, with Eason, um, famous for his lack of score attendance. Um, what are your memories, Nathan, of, of Matt Eason? Would he have been a fresher with you? Yeah, so Eason started the same year as myself, JLS, Tendo, uh, Leachy, all that lot. Um, and he, he started off quite strong, actually, going to score, I seem to remember. He came to a fir- the first few of the socials, um, but then he just kind of, his attendance really dipped off. And so we just started this thing called Matt Eason score. That might have been really high then. Um, <laughs> and and it's, I think if you search the Facebook group, it's probably up there as the most posted thing on the social group. Yeah, it's Matt a Eason common score. hit on the page. Struggle to find yeah. anything about Matt Eason because of that. I actually think after first semester of um, our freshers year, I think Tendo went to score dressed up as Eason more than Eason actually went to score, which is just just quite funny. I thought. I think on the on the pitch for me, um, my memory of Matt Eason was always the stripy socks. <laughs> Eason never he never got a pair of the the uni socks. Um, yeah, him and Ed were kind of two of a kind, weren't socks, they? Really, right? you know, yeah. Eason with the stripy socks, Ed with the bright pink socks, but. Say what he want. He was actually pretty, pretty handy on the pitch. Was Eason? Yeah, I, not I a bad that now, but He wasn't bad at all. Yeah. No, he always did very well. To be fair, I did. I did feel bad for him on occasion when he was always seemed to be the the primary choice for a dod vote, or if not a captain's choice. Yeah, he did, a pin was guaranteed. Really, he did put yeah. a shift in. To be fair, but um, it was also the kind of dickish behaviour. Um, I sort of maybe not necessarily on the pitch. Well, I guess it was a bit on the pitch, but around the pitch and. Uh, leading up to and after matches that he often got the shout for a dod. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because after JLS attended, you know, first preseason and got instantly dropped, you thought he'd be the prime candidate for Dodd Whipping Boy the entire <laughs> yeah. year. And that was the case until Eason actually nominated himself as man of the match on one of his first That's matches. what it was. Yes, that yeah. was a turning point. I and, remember that. And combine that with his questionable score attendance and it just put him in the front of everybody's mind when they were thinking about Dodd. <laughs> I've completely forgotten about that. Yeah. The, self, the self-mom. That was a joke. Self-mom. <laughs> was an absolute Dodd every week. Yeah. Yeah, so he didn't do himself any favours. It got to the point where even on his placement year, so our second year, <laughs> that he was getting Dodd votes left, right and yeah. centre. You know, If there was no clear Dodd in a match, then it would go to Eason. I think we tried to video call him once to say he'd got Dodd, and obviously he didn't pick up. But yeah, it was just a bit brutal, really. On the on the theme of uh, poor social attendance, I believe, was it right in saying he missed the initiations due to a nap? Yeah, so he did. So... Um, him, myself, and Sarah Lynn had all missed initiations in our first year. Sarah and I were really, really ill, and he missed it because he was a quote unquote asleep. <laughs> uh, I don't buy it for a second. I still don't. I think he'll stick to the story if you ask him. But yeah, I don't we'll buy ask it. Matt. But I think Owen am I right in thinking that Eason then did it with us in our first year. He did. I remember that he thinking. Did. Obviously, meeting this guy and thinking, well, why is he doing initiations again? And then <laughs> this sort of a nap story emerged, and he got a lot of jib from the likes of Jack Francis and Chris, Chris Leach for not uh, not partaking in initiations the year before. But that's, that also brings up a well, we've got Nathan here, actually, a very interesting story about you doing it three times, I think. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, um, 
I also missed initiation, so I had to do them again second year. And um, it was jokingly said, yeah, you'll have to do them twice because you're in your second year. I thought, you know what, why not? I'm up for it. Went and did it two times. And then outside I proclaimed, oh, that was easy. And of course, what I didn't realize was the girl, there was a girl living above me in first year who was going out with the captain of the hockey club. And he heard me say this and he said, all right, Nathan, it was that easy. Go off and do it again. So I had to do it three times. It's just a bit stupid on my part, really. Yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, bad way to go about it. But, yeah. yeah, those initiations were good fun. I remember it was all sort of based in the in the cork. It was a gauntlet, um, really. It was like yeah. that. Was like a circuit. Was it was it like that the previous year as well? Uh, so I think it was. Yeah, that all the seniors would go um, and set up their own individual stations, and they'd you know send these sort of rumors out about what could or couldn't be happening. All in the all in the cork, obviously, um, until we got banned. I think the year after. Um, and it was just the look on people's faces, the fear in their eyes when they went into that door of unknown. They had no idea what was going to happen to them. It was absolutely brilliant because it wasn't well, actually the walls that were like the, the glass was like papered over, so you couldn't see what was inside. And it was yeah. on a, a queue of freshers down through the court beer garden, uh, <laughs> all sort of in uh, in fear of what was going to happen to them. But um, yeah, it wasn't that bad in the end. I'm still amazed the court let us do that for two years oh, in same. a row. I, you know, I remember the bin them, liners yeah. like literally over, up, down, over the bar. Everywhere was covered in bin liners. I was <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, it was good times, yeah. It was a good good few uh, initiations that was. It was a shame we had to stop them. We're actually joined now by Matt Eason, one of our rec icons. Eason, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Glad to be on. Rec icon. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say this episode we've just been chatting uh, to various big rec names over the years, and you know, your name is one that has come up often on the Sexy Sixes page. Uh, commonly with the question mark, uh, Matt Easton score. Where did that come about, or how did that originate? Yeah, so definitely, I had questionable score attendance uh, throughout my career. I started off reasonably strong in fresher year, but then, yeah, over the course of that period it just went down and down and down i think i went to maybe like three scores max yeah i do remember you being there once or twice yeah and that's it's just a case then of the lads calling you out every week on the facebook page yeah that, that was actually quite good fun because it, <laughs> it was, basically every time it was like no <laughs> you know it's not happening so yeah just just I think it, yeah we get to about you know eight nine o'clock and the first snake bites just started to go down and people were just turning to the facebook page to send in <laughs> drunken matt easton score tags yeah uh, for those of us that were to score those nights it was just a spam in the group <laughs> coming Ab- up absolutely yeah and, and talking then about um common occurrences another common occurrence was uh tins um on matches both home and away uh, you were often seen to be uh, eating a delicious tin for various reasons. Mom, Dodd, and Captain's Choice. Basically, a guaranteed tin yeah, every week. Yeah, I, I think there was one week where I ended up with all three, which was... <laughs> I couldn't uh, believe that. <laughs> which was an interesting week. Um, yeah, it was it was weird for me because uh, I, I got Dodd a reasonable amount. Not yeah. too much in first year because, fortunately, there was another fresher called JLS. Yes, we've spoken to JLS about that. Uh, his yeah. ones to sixes transition. Yeah, so he um, so he deflected uh, quite a lot <laughs> of the fire in first year, so much so that I was not the main target. But then yeah. second, uh, yeah, second final year, that didn't really exist anymore because JLS, for 
whatever reason had stopped playing hockey. Yeah, and you're so an easy target then. It was just the, me, the basically every week, have a tin. You're Dodd, or Captain's <laughs> Choice. Mainly Dodd. I suppose, I suppose you got good at selecting the, the tin-sized geometries to get uh, oh, beans yeah. and sweet corns and things. Oh, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I, I think the worst thing that I had was either was a spaghetti t- tin of spaghetti hoops. Now, oh, that's that nothing. No, that doesn't sound too bad, but that's before you consider the fact that I absolutely abhor tomato and I just can't okay. beat it. A, a personal hate then. <laughs> a personal yeah, I mean... hatred. It, it's not that tomato is disgusting for most people, but it is for me, and it was worse than most <laughs> tins for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that's the spaghetti thing. You, you don't want to... Most people, fine. Me, couldn't yeah. do it. I mean, some of this, uh, I think, was self-inflicted. I believe there's rumours of a self-mom vote in your first year. Well, I couldn't possibly confirm that uh, happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people will be able to tell you one thing or another, but that's yeah. uh, that's just uh, a, a mysterious rumour. I don't know where that's yeah. come from. No confirmation. I mean, we'd have to take out the SIM cards, but imagine those captains will have burned those SIM cards a long time ago. With, yeah, <laughs> well, it, could, it, could be even, it could be even somewhere in a, a WhatsApp file somewhere, actually. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm always nervous to look into stuff like that. <laughs> you <laughs> no, don't know what's going to come out the line. Yeah, we don't, don't fancy looking too deep. Um, and another thing we spoke to uh, Nathan Can about it was he had missed his initiation first year, mm. and I believe you also missed the initiation. And there's rumours of the reason being a nap. Was your uh, claim? I think uh, no, it's not a claim. It's God's honest truth. This is true. I, this I is was true. actually asleep during uh, during initiations, and I woke up. So you you'd planned to come, and you just slept in on campus. Was it? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I was just tired, so I just, I think it was like five o'clock, I just went to sleep, and I didn't wake up till like, after initiations, and I had a bunch of messages saying, where are you? And I was like, Yeah, ah. at that point, I think you know you're in trouble <laughs> uh, for, the, for the next, I think you did it with Nathan then in second year, yeah. is what you said. I, I not I didn't get what the fuss was, it was pretty straightforward. Obviously, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't make Nathan's mistake, I, I remember Nathan... No somehow ended up doing it what was it four times i think yeah three or day. four times yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know what he did but it was rather easy so but i do remember going home afterwards to have a shower because i think one of the challenges involved getting down to do push-ups yes having i remember that baked beans and other substances thrown on you and yeah we because were we were near the end covered. there was also a lovely pile of delicious pile of stuff on the top hall yeah you wouldn't Already. want to know what was in that, really. Isn't no. It? no one to ask those questions, but yeah, no. it was a grim scene that night. Um, yeah. No, but it's still, as I say, still a wreck icon, and mm. uh, thanks for coming on, Matt. No problem. Uh, we look forward to uh, producing this podcast and getting all you guys on, so... It's a good podcast. Moving on, then, to more recent wreck icons. Um, Duncan, or as Jamie always refers to him, uh, Cork's greatest outlaw, uh, Duncan McDonald. Uh, oh, and what are your, me- your memories of first meeting Duncan? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think he was a fresher... I'm trying to think when he was fresher. He would have been in our placement year, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember sort of coming back off, off placement and finding this guy, and I wasn't really sure much about him. I remember he had a very odd haircut, but I think that was something to do with tour. <laughs> yeah, um, that, the infamous Duncan yeah, Ball I mean, haircut. We'll get yeah. more from Duncan on that, but I think, yeah, the, the tour lid was uh, quite rogue. Very great guy to talk to, be fair. He always has a good chat with him. Um, but one thing that does stick out for me is I mean, we'd, we talked about the cork a lot already, but the cork incident, shall we say, when I was actually I was doing rounds with him, I think it was me, <laughs> him, and Ollie Cook 
doing rounds on on snake bite and it was his round at the bar and he was taking a while must have been up there for 10 15 minutes which isn't that unusual at the cork as, as you all know yeah. on a wednesday yeah yeah um but i thought i'd go up there give him a bit of support you know son of the bar as well maybe i could like get my hand in first or whatever and lo, lo and behold <laughs> i did even though he'd been there for 15 minutes and it um was about sort of 10 10 or 15 minutes later and well he wasn't very he wasn't happy at all and i'm trying to think i can't remember the the exact. Uh, I thought it was, I thought he slammed his fist on the bar and said <laughs> something along the lines of "Where's my fucking pint?" Or something. I think no, I've got a feeling that he or did was get. It, was, he, was he given a double, but he ordered a quadruple? What, I think that's what it was. I think he got a double and ordered a quad, and he, <laughs> yeah, something like he slammed his fist and said, "Where's Where's the other two? I can't remember exactly what it was, but maybe we'll, we can ask him when we get him on. Yeah. I mean, that's um, a surefire way never to be served ever again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and the guy was immediately like, right, you're out, get out, you're not coming back here again. <laughs> Bless him. And, you know, speaking of, of, of incidents, Duncan also responsible for uh, the can incident that uh, WeatherUp talked to us about a few podcasts ago um, on the bus, um, ca- causing the whole rec team to miss, I think, was it a month of fixtures? Yeah, I think that was on the yeah. on the Wreck Away Days podcast. Do go check that one out if you've not heard it already. But uh, Weatherup told us the story of yeah the the infamous uh, was it Carling Can? It was a can of Carling. Yeah. It was a Carling, Carling. Yeah. Were you there, Nathan? No, I remember the stories though because only only Duncan would drink a Carling, wasn't it? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he'd be the only person to drink a Carling that year, and uh, it was found on the uh, on the minibus. Oh, it was on the it was on a bit on a coach, wasn't it? It was on and, the scout uh, bus. Yeah. No, the Scouts bus was a different thing. Oh, I'm getting confused here then. Sorry. The that was Scouts another can incident. Yeah. That was a different <laughs> can incident. Um, but this one ended up in, yeah, the, the entirety of the wreck getting banned for, um, I think, a good couple of months of fixtures. And the, the ladies' teams only got off when they found out they weren't involved. But um, yeah, a bit of a stain on Duncan's record. Yeah. Must say, though, Duncan, decent player on the pitch, um, a good forward. I think actually this year, Owen, I haven't been you know, assigned to the Sixers this year, but I think he's been scoring quite a few goals this season from what I've seen. Yeah, he has packed a few, actually. He's, um, merchant, yeah. Yeah, he's been, been, been in and around the D, as he always is, you know, and just gets his stick on the end of things. So he's that kind of player, just mm. uh, a bit of a um, a target man, if you like, and can do the business at the, at the right end. Great great work rate from the guy, to be fair. he always yeah. He's always running about the pitch. I'm actually joined now by Duncan himself on the line. How are you doing, Duncan? Welcome to the podcast. Good, thanks, Owen. Good to have you on. We were just mentioning in there, actually, your your goals this season, a bit of a, a goal merchant this year. What what was your tally? Um, obviously, the, by the time the season got curtailed. I think I was on six at this point, which I believe was joint highest with Lucas. Okay, that's pretty good, mate. I think, was that, was that the first time you've been top scorer in the season? Yes, I think so far, yeah. That's pretty good, mate. Good, good, good going. And you're not graduating this year, right? You, you've got a masters, so you'll be here again next year. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> so be- going for the top scorer again. Yeah, well, that's the aim if I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good work, mate. Well, yeah, one of the uh, the funny things we mentioned when I, when I first met you was a little bit of an odd haircut, which I believe came around from tour in your first year. What was the story behind that? Well, I'm a as with most tours, they pulled rolls out of a hat for the freshers to take on, and I was given Schlid Fresh, so they were able to mess with my haircut as much as they wanted. And so right, I yeah. ended up having a, um, a, 
a circle shaved out at the top of my head and then the ring of hair around the side braided to try and make me look like a monk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It had, it had kind of recovered by the time of uh, Freshers' Weeks the next well, yeah, year, but I remember been, I'd completely shaved it all off and it had started right, to yeah. go back. So. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the things we were chatting about there was the the cork incident as you, you might refer to it as i think uh jamie richardson often calling you out as cork greatest outlaw um what was the story there i think i tried to cover it as best i could from my memory but have you got anything else to add yeah i think you got most of it my memory is we walked in i'm around nine o'clock as usual Start. I'm a, what I remember seeing the start of a Champions League game and then still being at the bar by the end of it. So we watched the entire second half with me just stood at the bar. That's right. It must have come in around half time. And yeah, that's crazy. 45 minutes at uh, at the bar. It's not, it's not yeah. great, is it? And then uh, it, was, it was Ollie Cook coming up and asking me where the drinks were for about the fifth time that I started to get a bit frustrated there. And lost it a bit. Yeah, can you remember exactly what you said, or was it just uh, all a bit of a blur? I remember saying to Ollie, when he asked where the drinks were, I said, I will have them when I get served. So that was... (laughs) So trying to get the the guy behind the bar's attention. Yeah, well, he didn't didn't last much longer after that. I've got a message from you, actually. I noticed there, just messaging messaging you earlier. Um, Just scrolling back a bit, you said... uh, I've been kicked out. I'll join you in join you in school. See you next week. <laughs> I think uh, you're certainly very frustrated. Yeah, I didn't actually make it to school that night. I went home, had some beer in my house, and then went up to school. <laughs> That's commitment. That fair play. May, may as well, I guess. Once you're already uh, committed to part of the night. Yeah. Of course, the other incident we talked about was the infamous can incident. Um, I think that was in your first year. So I wasn't around. I was on placement, but. What was the what was the setting there? I think Jamie Weatherup talked us through it briefly, but uh, yeah. what can you remember of it? Well, my memory was there'd recently been an announcement that they were banning alcohol on the coaches. I think that was from an incident higher up in the club. And then right. I'm a, we all obviously just snuck beers on anyway. And I'm a, as we were leaving, we packed them all up into bags and pockets and stuff. And I think one fell out my pocket and that was what was found. And so there was a full investigation into it, I believe. Yeah, it sounds like it. I think sounds like you got away with it for a few weeks. I think you mentioned that you were you were playing matches the week after. Yeah. Uh, but then the inquiry inquiry was held, and uh, I think the the can was located, and amongst other behaviour that was reported, ended up uh, being a ban for the rec sides. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Duncan. No problem. It's good to be on. And all the best for the uh, rest of your exams. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Matt Benison, and you're listening to The Rec Podcast. We're talking today about some of the icons of The Rec Ones throughout the years. We've chatted about JLS and Claude, as well as Matt Eason and Duncan MacDonald. A couple more icons we, we were trying to think of. One from um, mine and Ross's uh, intake, if you like, was Jordan Scott, um, great defender who um, was very much uh, present, ever present throughout our, our first year at the back, at centre back, and occasionally uh, at full back. Um, 
tailed off, I think, in the sort of the later years, but I was always available uh, for selection, Ross. I remember, yeah. I think you might have picked him last season a couple of times when you were captain. Yeah, Jordan's one of those players that seems to have been, uh, again, like Tender, he's played many seasons, given it, you know, only a few games. But uh, yeah, I had a selection match, I think last year I picked him against Exeter away. I, I think Jordan may not even have been at the unique time or he might have been final year. But yeah, Tendo picked him up and he's slotted in at centre-back, barking orders as usual. Uh, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, we did lose 5-0, but that was a good extra outfit. So <laughs> I'll say no one like that. But yeah, I mean, Owen, oh, I remember you telling me a story. Uh, there was a weird link you had with Jordan. You you first come to uni sometimes you, you bump into people and you think I've seen you before from somewhere I think you had quite an interesting uh, recollection with Jordan uh, at the SciTech it's a very odd one um, and I'll have, I'll have to get Jordan to elaborate on the details but I actually came to Bath I think a year or two before we started as freshers and played in the National Colleges Championship which my college qualified for and there was a team who ended up having to play like a kicking back keeper because their keeper had gone off injured with like a broken collarbone and it later transpired after meeting Jordan in 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 Fresh's year and chatting about that I'd, I'd been to Bath before and he said oh I've been to Bath before as well yeah oh we played in the college championship yeah yeah I, I was and it transpired that Jordan was this bloke who'd broken his collarbone, <laughs> collarbone playing in goal which is out, out of position for him or maybe I think maybe he'd he'd played in, as keeper before, but it wasn't his preferred position. And uh, yeah, on on the side tech, but obviously before uni, it's quite an interesting story. And um, yeah, that collarbone let it came back to yeah came back in the in the fight on. night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because of course, uh, Jordan uh, was part of the, a boxing fight night. I think this was last year. It must have been Christmas twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah twenty eighteen. Um, and the the collarbone in the end was unfortunately his downfall in 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 that uh, in that fight. So it was a sort of an injury that's haunted him ever since. But uh, yeah, that is something I do remember about Jordan. You mentioned it there, Ross. Very very vocal on the pitch. It was always um, yeah. a great person to have at the back because he would just he just shout at you and tell you if you were doing something you shouldn't shouldn't do. Yeah, another as you say about filling in in, in goalkeeper. I think he filled in for us uh, against Spa once as well and. Uh, another occasion he actually filled in for the opposition <laughs> and played if you remember we played Portsmouth in our first year and they came with standard rec match they came with you know nine or ten players and we had 15 or 16 and we thought well, why not chuck them someone in Jordan volunteered and ended up I think playing, he volunteered. Yeah, I remember. playing yeah. in kind of like a free roaming centre defensive mid role <laughs> with Bibon again barking the orders trying to get role, the yeah. team trying to bring the team back into the game and I think from he memory he was quite, quite well right? yeah <laughs> Yeah, he was always a vocal guy on the pitch, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And um, off the pitch then, I don't know, Nathan, if you were a part of this, uh, the famous Chris Escape incident where Jordan basically just smashed the challenge in like 20 minutes or something ridiculous. No, this was actually one of the socials that I missed, but I heard about his incredible performance there. Apparently he just smashed it. Well, one of the things with Jordan was that he was a dark fruits merchant. Absolutely <laughs> loved Strongbow dark fruits. <laughs> and I so even to the extent where the Edward Ciderhand social where you traditionally have those big bottle of um you know the the leaders. the couple litre cider, the horrible stuff. Oh yeah, like white star was, or something. He, yeah. He'd somehow earned himself an exemption um and ended up doing four cans of dark fruit instead because he he loved the stuff so much. Um but yeah that create escape social we were we were paired up with one of the ladies sixes to finish 
it must be a 20 crate of whatever you wanted. Mm. I think he, he bought two, two 10 crates of dark fruit and a, a load of ladies didn't turn up. And I can't remember the exact numbers, but he smashed a lot of dark fruit in a very uh, short number of time because his partner <laughs> had disappeared or something. Uh, and yeah, we, we were obviously all struggling and he was just, he was done and dusted after about 15, 20 minutes. It was Bloody ridiculous, hell, really. Yeah, well, we'll find out from Jordan what the exact situation and times were when we speak to him. So we've now got uh, Jordan on the line. Jordan Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Still in Bath, I hear? I am still in Bath, yeah. Struggling through. Yeah, we've been pretty tough. So what have you been up to since uh, leaving the sixes? Um, Just general stuff, really. Trying to work on my fitness. Keep going. Obviously, I did Bath half recently. Um, It's been hard, though, because obviously I did. I had a sh- another shoulder injury. Uh, and a knee injury that I need an operation for, but I'm just waiting for all this to blow over so I can get it, you know? Yeah, well, on, on to that, um, that shoulder injury. We mentioned it there in the sort of a chat with uh, Nathan and Ross. How did that come about? Because I remember when, when you and I met way back in, in first year at Bath, we were chatting about that original injury you picked up on the SciTech a couple of years before. What, what was the story there? Um, so obviously that was the year that me and you met was the second year that I was at Nationals in Bath. Um, right, yeah. The injury originally happened three weeks before the first year because um, we qualified then as well. Okay, um, yeah, I was at both as well, yeah. Yeah, so we, I was told by my physio that I wouldn't make it for the first tournament. Obviously, it was my it was my first tournament, so I was determined to get there. Yeah. Um, so I worked really hard through like rehabilitation, all that, to get there. Managed to get there without a hitch. The second one, um, our goalkeeper got injured in the first game of the tournament. Right, that's what it was. It was yeah. your keeper was injured and you had to go in goal. So I went in goal and I made it, I think it was against the people from Birmingham, um, right. the team of Birmingham. I was obviously in goal for that one. And I made a save, a glove save and flicked the ball away. And as I did, I obviously felt my shoulder pop out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my centre-backs knew it as well. I played on to the end of the match, or as far as I could, obviously. And then the ref <laughs> found out. And then... Play. yeah. Um, it was a case of, because obviously I was in my goalkeeper gear and I couldn't get it off because I couldn't move my arm. Yeah, That's yeah. the reason that they decided to give us the special kickback goalkeeper rule. As I remember, there's a new kicking back and I think that's when my team played you, yeah. we played you with the kicking back and um, obviously you weren't a feature. But it's just funny to feel that we were in the same situation when we were, when we met for the first time properly, I guess, in Freshers. Yeah. Well, a couple of the other things we were chatting about there on on the uh, podcast with uh, Nathan and Ross was um your love for a kind of dark fruits dark fruit merchant yeah <laughs> and we were thinking back to that crate escape social I don't know if you remember it yeah we were at, we were at a house in town and I I can't remember what the timings were like but you smashed this crate of dark fruits in ridiculously short amount of time well I was I listened to the segment you sent me um because uh, I was with my girlfriend yesterday so I listened to yeah. it and she just looked at me and I started giggling. Um, like, I don't really know why I was on my own. I'm pretty sure it's something along the lines of the girl that I was paired up with wanted to drink wine. Yeah, man, they were, they were useless. I remember um, I, I ended up on my own as well. Or my, my pair was, she did like two cans and disappeared. Like, I know Daru told me I could do one crate. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll battle through. Thinking, <laughs> I had an hour. I'll do it. Yeah. Next thing you know... T- 20 odd minutes what 22 and a half minutes I think the official time was like 20 minutes had gone and Chris turned to me Chris Leach and said you've only got two cans left mate you can stop if you want 
No, of the, of two, so you've done eight in 22 minutes? Yeah, well, no, I did 20. Uh, it was about 20 minutes, and Chris said that I had two cans left. He had so told you had me, 18? Uh, yeah, and he told me I could oh stop. Oh, my God. He told me I could stop, and I said, no, I'm going to get the full 20 done, and then next thing you know, I've necked two more cans. That's crazy, man. I don't know how that happened. Well, I, didn't, I didn't make it to school that night, let's say that. No, no, I don't think many of us did, to be honest. And one of the other things we were chatting about was I think you had a very you're very willing to play for the opposition when they often um, came with only nine or ten men. Do you do you remember playing? I think you played for Portsmouth. For Portsmouth, I, yeah. I think you played for some other teams as well, but maybe I I'm wrong. For, I want to play. Say I played for. Is it Midford? I'm not sure about Midford. Millfield, maybe. Millfield, that's the one. Millfield, yeah. yeah. I played for them when we were away away against them once as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You always face a volunteer. Why was that? That was more just a case of. I wanted to play. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of I got a lot of minutes considering I'm a quite a big guy. Um, I got quite a lot of minutes under like Derue, Chris Leach, and when we played Portsmouth, I was going to play like at least a half. Yeah, and I just felt obviously they wanted a midfielder, and I just felt like I had something to give. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't, obviously a defender by trade, but you now's your chance in midfield. Well, I started before we obviously came to nationals uh, to play yeah. for you. We I played uh, left wing. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and I just slowly, as I got older, my pace started to go. So I just slowly yeah. got back. <laughs> yeah. I thought no. it's an opportunity to play a full match. I was like, I'm, I'm well down. Get a couple over. I, like, I remember Jamie uh, Richardson um, obviously played up front for the Bath lot. Yeah. And I just man-marked him the entire game. <laughs> yeah, you marked him out of the match, mate. You, you were, I remember barking, you were barking orders at the Portsmouth lot, like telling them what to do. Yeah, you know me. I'm quite, I'm quite competitive. I've always been that way. Like even yeah, when, I, even no. when I played football as a child, I was on the pitch. I was always there to, you know, shout orders and whatever. I'm just, I just feel like I'm a natural leader. Like, <laughs> no, it was really great. Some really great memories um, from your time at the Sixes. Well, thanks very much for joining us on the Rec Podcast, Jordan. That's my pleasure. And hopefully, uh, speak to you again soon. Yep, speak to you again. Another memory I have from Jordan at socials was he was always on the hunt for an eyebrow. <laughs> Whenever he, he was really a senior, freshers would fear Jordan when he uh, made eye contact because he'd be looking for your eyebrow for some reason or another. He just think he'd be just hunting for a reason, wouldn't he? Yeah. Anything that you slipped yeah. and there was an eyebrow going. I can't remember how that actually started, but he got such a, a thirst, a bloodlust for taking Fresh's eyebrows. <laughs> he actually started to turn on the seniors and tried to take some of ours as well. Some so sort of repressed. At that point, we thought we had to put problem, him in check, yeah. you know, yeah. One person um, in particular, I think the eyebrow he was after for a while was Victor Bowl, who's the final uh, rec icon we'll be speaking about on this podcast. Um, oh, and what are your memories of Victor? Would have been a fresher in our second year. Yeah, another really great player, to be fair to him. And um, I do remember him from his initiations because he was famed to end up in the bin. And I don't know if you remember the ex- exact exactly how that came about. but I think he rocked up to the social already with a few tens deep. Yeah, that oh. might have been it. Yeah, idea. it was our Hello Fun night because we couldn't call it initiations, obviously. So we called it Hello Fun. And it was in, I think, Jono's back garden, maybe? Yeah, I think oh, no, so. It was, it yeah, was, it was, it was all and um, he'd he'd somehow cut himself trying to jump over a fence on some barbed wire. And he came up and he just hugged me and I was wearing this white shirt and I was just covered in Victor's blood within about five minutes of him turning up. Yeah, yeah it was common for Victor um, to end up, you know, as I say, fairly steaming mid-social and 
also can remember, famous for a, a towel toga. It was a, a dark blue bath towel would co- commonly come out on a Roman or a toga night, just a, a memory yeah, line. Very much a utility yeah. costume, that one, I think. Yeah. It was a, whatever could fit some sort of sash or toga, it was, it was the towel that was whipped out. I think he also wore that when he famously did, uh, when we dressed up as Rangers, he did that when he did his uh, 1-1-1 at halftime at one of the yes. big, big hockey days where we had to provide some halftime entertainment, didn't he? Big cry, yeah, I think. That was that, video classic, classic wreck halftime entertainment, just stick pressure <laughs> on the pitch to do a 1-1-1. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, as well. yeah. There's a video of that on the Sexy Sixes page, so well worth a search. I think to our credit, though, we also um, made a bunch of freshers do some sort of dance to single ladies, didn't we, that, that year? Uh, yeah, you're right, actually. I, I've got a, an image in my head of Adam Dowd doing a dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That would be it. I think that video still exists as well. Another yeah, one you might yeah. want to check out. In in our um, last year, when I remember playing against the uh, Buccaneers, I think it's G's team, uh, and I think Victor, actually a bit of a midfield maestro for that team, uh, kind of runs the, runs the offense if you want to have it like that. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because he didn't really get that much of a looking into the starting 11 at the sixes. Um, he was always in and around the squad, on the fringes, and uh, as we mentioned, always at the socials. But um, I think maybe that t- he turned to the to the Buccaneers as a sort of outlet for his hockey skills. And yeah, he was. He was a key player for them. I remember playing them, yeah, it must have been, was it, well, it must have been last year. And um, he was sort of the the friendly face am- amongst the, the Bucks players. And uh, was really running the show for them. We were yeah. sort of outdone at one point by a Victor masterclass. I think we were, from memory, we went a couple nil up and then they came back and Victor yeah. was sort of running the show. Yeah, no, I think we, we had a big lead and we kind of eased off and then we almost ended up winning 4-3 or something was tight. But yeah, Victor had a great game. Yeah, I mean, he was always a good player. I just think it was unfortunate because we were so stacked at left and right back in his first year. I think we had about six people that played there. So it was just it was just really hard to give people game time that year who played at left and right back. Yeah, we'll we'll get Victor on and and hear about uh, his opinions on the the social side of things as well. Victor, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Actually, uh, your birthday today, I believe, as well. Yeah, it is. Birthday in lockdown is great. <laughs> Fair play to you uh, for coming on the rec pod. Um, obviously, the priority today. Um, we've just been discussing with Owen and Nathan Can some of the, the, the rec icons, and, and your name came up. Um, and a, a few moments that we discussed, one of which was, I believe it was the what we call welcome drink social. Um, you turned up, I think, had, having had already a few tins, and uh, with a cut hand, I believe. What happened there? Yeah, so... A couple of freshers decided to meet up beforehand, and um, <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> and wouldn't do that again, but ew. yeah. And I think I was trying to open another tin, but the uh, ring pull snapped off. So you Ooh. know, what other way to open it than to just slam your finger down the hole? <laughs> slice the finger, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Nathan can say some of that blood was uh, shed later in the night then uh, on yeah. some seniors as well. Yeah, I didn't really notice it. Given that, yeah, I mean, I suppose you boys were probably not uh, have the best memories of those nights, um, but certainly, certainly a good time. Uh, another moment we'll have was um, we mentioned that the tile toga coming out on a few occasions, and particularly some memories the lads had of uh, a one-one-one at halftime. I think it was a, a, a ones game, possibly or something like that. And uh, some of the freshers, including yourself, were chosen to do uh, some entertainment. Yeah, I think, I think that one-one-one. It was just me doing it. Because it was some forfeit from a training session. Classic. 
So all the seniors got me to do a one-on-one in front of the whole club. It was a decent crowd. I think fair play. It was a, a bit of pressure on that. I think decent crowd. Yeah, managed not to chun. So yeah, yeah no, always the key at, at two p.m. or a couple p.m. You don't want to be uh, starting the night on a chun at that time. Definitely. But no, fair play. And um, on the pitch, then we had a little discussion. We we're saying about how you played a lot of hockey actually for the uh, Buccaneers. Not obviously, not every player plays for the, the club on the Saturday, but you're one of those players that. Um, Stood out as a Buccaneers player, I think, for the G team, was it? Or did you play for some other teams as well? Uh, I started off playing Gs, but I started playing Fs and Es before, towards Fair. the end. But, yeah. Yeah, because I remember playing against you, I think it was last year, and you were playing in the in the midfield for the Gs, and it was quite, quite a good game. I think it was like 4-3. Oh, yeah, um, something but, like that. It was very close. Um, yeah, I remember you kind of, because traditionally, I think, for the, the Rex, you would have played in like a full-back position, but I think you were playing in centre-mid, is that right? Yeah, because it's G, so it's not as high level as the Rex. So it's quite yeah. kind of chill. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that's all, Victor. Thanks very much um, for coming on. And I say, uh, have a good day, mate, on the birthday. And yeah, look forward to uh, listening to the podcast then. Yeah, cheers, mate. Come on, bar. So this week on the game section of the podcast, we want to do something a little bit different. Uh, We've got Nathan Kahn on, who's just our singular guest today. Uh, And we've asked him to put together an all-star rec 11. Uh, This could be, you know, players who he's rated over the years, whether that's for their social performance, their performance on the pitch, uh, just good mates of his. And we're going to go through who he selected in each position uh, and chat a little bit more about them. Obviously, I expect there'll be a few of those rec icons in there as well. So, Nathan, do start us off. Yeah, so um, it's obviously a really, really tough thing to do. There's so many good players that have played for the rec over the years. Um, so I've tried to come with people that have played at least five games, throw out people like Freddie Campbell, who are brilliant, but they only managed yeah, to play a few yeah. games because um, they decided that hockey wasn't really a thing for them. I've gone for the classic 4-3-3, which I think we've consistently yeah. played over the last seven years of rec. rec formation yeah yeah so um and this is no by no means the finished article because i'm not too sure about how good people were after i left so feel free to chip yeah. in at any point so starting off the goalkeeper i mean it's got to be peterus if not for longevity it's just <laughs> he always put in a good shift when he was inevitably left isolated by the entire rec one defense charging up the pitch every time they got the ball getting to the opposition D, remembering they had no fitness and just leaving Peter on his own to make some world-class <laughs> save out of nowhere. Yeah, and he did he, it on a regular basis. He has got to be in there. I think he's uh, always been there, thereabouts this year. And he's he's played even, you know, he's had a lot of work on and stuff and we've needed him. He's that kind of player you message on a Tuesday night at midnight <laughs> trying to persuade <laughs> him to play and he usually will rock up. So yeah, yeah. there is definitely um, Latvian shot stopper is key to us. Yeah, and then uh, moving on to the fence. First, I've got um, the absolute rock himself, James Wilson. Um, I mean, absolute unit, and he had a massive hit on him as well. I think he yeah. scored quite a few short corners. It's hard not to put him in the team. Yeah, it reminds me of that kind of that school team you'd play. You'd have like the, the sick former that hit puberty a bit early and had the massive <laughs> hit out from the back. <laughs> you know, yeah. every team had one, and yeah, Wilson was our our wreck hit out merchant, and would just smash balls, kind of knee height, and you'd be. Just appealing to the umpire to not give it effectively most hit outs. He was I a think dangerous man. Essential for his minibus driving skills as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't state his importance in the team. Next, I've gone with uh, a name that some people might not actually know, a guy called Tom Michener. Okay. So um, he was in our freshers year. And after a season of playing for us, I think he got called up to the threes. 
Right, okay. And I think, I think that says it all, really. No, he was he was absolute quality. I'm fairly sure he played defence, but I could be wrong. He was really tall. He had really good ball control, and he basically landed every single tackle he made. Like he did not he did not belong in the sixth at all. Yeah, he was a really fair play good him for player. playing. Yeah, and then on that note, I guess the other defender that I go for would be Adam Dowds because let's be yeah. honest, he was a force player in disguise, but he was a great addition to the team. Yeah, Adam well, played yeah. with myself this year in the fives and still has that um you know that class. Always fancies a run out of defence occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> when he runs you, it's yeah. terrifying, isn't it? He's just a good so short quick. corner hit as well. Yeah, yeah. And then I've kind of left the fourth space free because I thought yeah. maybe there'd be someone who's yeah, been I mean, a notable player after I've graduated. I mean, oh, and I'm not sure who you're thinking of. I'm thinking possibly Will Bench, maybe um Mark Reno, uh, those kind yeah, of players. Agreed. Greeno, Greeno would be a great shout to be fair. Been very consistent over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, yeah, say either Bench or Greeno probably for me. Both good yeah. hockey players and yeah, very good attenders overall. Bench is a pretty Danny good Weather shout up. as well. Yeah, Weather up too. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good shot actually. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's such a hard job to do. There are so many yeah. people that have played for us. Yeah, I think we'll put those three in a in, a, in an equal tie then for that other sure. position. Sounds good. Rotate inside, yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the mid, I've gone for James Derue. He was he was captain one year. He had really good stick skills, real yeah. pace on the ball as well. He was just a bit of a menace to play against, to be honest. Uh, whenever yeah. I had to play him in Sunday six, it was terrifying. Yeah, Derue would be common to be seen at halftime with that sweaty brow after a, <laughs> a heavy first half of midfield work. But that and he was the most yeah, uninspiring team talks in history as well. <laughs> yeah, very very much monotone uh, team talks. But, uh, yeah, yeah Derue, quality hockey player. I guess on the on the subject of captains, I think Will Dooley probably next for me. He was just another reliable player, very good at controlling the game and sort of telling people what to do and where they should be as well. He was a good player to sort of learn from, I guess, if you weren't too yeah, familiar. Yeah, with I, I played I played with Dooley in, in second year, playing alongside him and yeah, yeah, handy player, good basics and like always got up for the game. Once we were in there, his head was in the game from start mm-hmm. to finish. And obviously, uh, yeah, captaincy and social attendance as well. And as much as it pains me to do this, to put a defender as a midfielder in my rec 11, I think Ross has got to be in there as well. <laughs> yeah. you know. The hybrid, the hybrid players. The hybrid, yeah. I, I you yeah, I mean, I've, to be fair, I played, I played midfield on placement, which I'm kind of counting as a, a year of midfield transition, we'll my transition that. year. And then since I've played two more, I've, I've basically played two on, two off. But yeah, um, I think I enjoy the field, but I've always always loved getting into the defence when I get an opportunity, but maybe to hold out for ten minutes or something, drop back and help the lads. A real utility player, yeah, with your with your special little um, Ross twist. But I remember when you actually joined the squad because you knew my flatmate Dan Crawford at the time. Yeah, it's a throwback and, uh, that one, yeah. Yeah, you were messing with me because you had this sort of back problem or shin splints yeah. or something like that. And you, you you said, what was it like? I said, just come along and see, see how good you are, see if you enjoy it. You rock along, this really small guy turns up. You know, he's kind of had a bit of a limp still, I think. I, I don't think we were expecting absolutely anything of you. And then you just came and absolutely did all of us. It was really funny to watch. Yeah, the spin move was not affected by that. But um, yeah. no, it was no, it was good, actually. Good transition. I always think, I, I'm always of the opinion that players should somehow start in defence and work their way up because you kind of learn your trade, um, how to tackle, how to stop the ball. And then from that, you can move on in the midfield and up front. But yeah, uh, it's a yes. good place to learn the basics. Yeah, certainly enjoyed my time with the, the sixes throughout the years. So uh, moving on to the two wingers then. First, I've gone for another captain, Chris Leach. I mean, he'd wreck havoc with his iconic one-handed dribbling all the way up one side of the pitch. Before either. Yeah, he, he loved his one-handed dribbling. He was really he quick did. as well. He yeah, he loved the byline, um, Leach. He always hitting the byline yeah, and coming down towards was. the keeper. Yeah. 
you you knew you'd get you get chances when Leach was playing. Unless I can't not include him in this team. He was really good actually. And then um, the other one, I've I've had a quick peruse of the Facebook page and try to find the match reports. And yeah. uh, I guess I guess Lucas moments a name that comes up quite a lot. There's yeah, a consistent goal scorer in the match reports this year. So um, this just throwing his name out there. Yeah. If there's anyone else you think could be included as another winger potentially. Is Tom yeah, Sherry playing up top as well? Yeah, Sher- Sherry's been very good this season too. Fair him and him and Lucas have been probably our two most prolific players, I'd say, uh, this season. Uh, both have got, I think, a big future ahead of them uh, within the rec squad. Mm. Yeah, I'll uh, also yeah. give give Wetty a shout there. Wouldn't claim to be the best hockey player, but to be fair to him, Bags actually quite a number of goals over the years um, and has scored in some famous rec games as well. Um, so yeah, we've we've got a few good forwards this year, I'd say, actually, on the sixes. Because ah, I was yeah, looking definitely. through and there are other names like Ali Thurston, Harry Griffiths, Joe Woodcock that kind of came up all the time, but I have no forwards, idea who they yeah. are. I thought I'd just go for the most consistent name, you know? Yeah, no, it's a very, very good way of looking at it. Nathan. <laughs> and then up top, there's only one man I could pick, and that's Rico, uh, Jamie Richardson. Yeah, he'll, be, scored... he'll be fist pumping at home listening to that. <laughs> yeah, he will, <laughs> he will. I mean, the man scored for fun. He scored so regularly, I think, that he made a career on bottling, scoring a third goal to avoid getting <laughs> yeah. his uh, regular post 1 1 1. Just to avoid the 1 1 1. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, again, Charlie Bridgewater worth a mention there as well. Absolutely, definitely. I'm not sure Owen last year was it. I think Jamie maybe just edged Bridgewater in the end for the top goal scorer, but it was yeah. I think Bridgewater was wasn't very happy. Bridgewater was going for uh, obviously Bridgewater was top scorer in his first year. Yeah, and I had this ambition of being top scorer for every year he played hockey, and I think Jamie just edged him out. Yeah, a bit of experience uh. there. Yeah, so that's that's the team. Obviously, I've left some people out. Really hard job, but I thought when when these names turn up, you knew they'd always put in a performance, no matter what. And that's kind yeah, of what I tried to yeah, go. Yeah, I think actually reading out some of the names there, you, you realise yeah that the quality of players that have come through the the rec team certainly not. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we we get sometimes bad press for being a rec team, but in terms of the quality, you've got players there that could easily play in higher teams. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, sure. And that was the beauty of the squad, I think. Just the, the, the level, the different levels of skill that we had. and We all still played together. It was just a really good part thing to be a part of. Moving on then. So, oh, go ahead, I want you to introduce. Actually, that makes more sense. So moving on then to our Who Am I's uh, regular part of the podcast. Uh, Ross, I think you've got some clues for us to guess from for this week. I do. I've, I've done a bit of digging this week. Hopefully, I can get you uh, a bit further down the, the questions than we've been doing the last few weeks. So, um, I'll start <laughs> off here. I think some of these are a bit more tricky this week. Let's see how we do. Uh, first one, um, I'm a defender. Okay. So no. there'll be no guesses there. <laughs> I live in Royal Tunbridge Wells. Hmm. Ah. Oh. No, I'm not going to go for it. My second name is familiar to Nathan Khan. Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't do this to me. Uh, fourth clue. This might get a bit more idea <sighs> now. I love a night out at motion. A Will Bench. Is Will Bench, yeah. I was going to go with it, but then the Nathan Khan <laughs> clue put me off. Yeah, it put me off as well. That's bench, good. I don't know if you got that bench, but... Yeah, I yeah, know. You think seems to be like a, a bench warmer, so that didn't come off as I'd planned. No, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, no. I was I was thinking something like of Rupert until you said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, was it? And two I points just had Yoshi in, in my head. Two points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Go with this one here. Um, I played in midfield. Nope. I scored against Cardiff Met, leading to a mom win. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's a, that's an interesting one. Cardiff yeah. Met. There you go. Oh, I studied I politics and international relations. Oh my god! And he played in midfield. Yeah. I played in the Box D's famous invincible season. Fucking Air oh. D team. And I had an invincible season. I'm I'm just gonna go for it. I'm fairly sure he was a forward, but would that be Eason? Yeah, well, I had I had Eason as a midfield forward, but okay. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. Yeah, Eason. I gave you. Yeah, I mean, my mistake. I had him as a midfielder, but he played. I a think bit he of, was a hybrid as well. Yeah. Um, the the final clue there actually is an interesting one. I don't know if you guys would have known this. Probably Nathan would have. I had an older brother who played for the Fives. Oh, Dave Eason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it was the back of my memory, and I went and searched it and found him. Yeah. Yeah, Danny McCree's favourite man. <laughs> So there you go. Um, but yeah, Eason played in the uh, Buccaneers D's team in an Invincible season. So uh, yeah, I'll give you two points for that then, Nathan, as well. Yeah, well done, mate. So all tied. Um, next one. I played up front for the Rex. I'm not played... giving us anything away here, mate. <laughs> no, I, played, no. I played just one season for the Rex. <sighs> I, originally, really, I originally studied at Oxford. What? (laughs) Okay, this one might give you a bit more an idea. I got chunned over at the cork. I'm still not getting this. That rings a bell, but I don't know who it is. (laughs) And the final one, I'm still at Bath doing a PhD in maths. Yeah, Robbie Peck. It's Robbie Peck. It is Robbie Peck, isn't it? As soon as you said the Oxford thing, I was thinking it. That that was a hard one, but I thought it was a good one. It was actually me. 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 I just couldn't remember his name. Yeah, you're a mess, mate. Okay, next one. Our final one, this will be. So, and that was just one point then. Yeah. Uh, so Nathan is one point behind going to the last one. Uh, I'm from Northern Ireland. Uh, you I, can ha- do it, Owen. <laughs> I have played in defence. Adam Dowds. <laughs> Come on. You go, That's you, all of you. you, you are you having a guess? I'm going for Dowds. I know it I actually is. To, Adam Dowds. That was a lucky guess. <laughs> oh, joke. Yeah. Joke. Smashed it. I was going to slowly separate the three of us on the way down, but there you go. Um, yeah, Adam Dowds. Uh, what were the others out of interest? Uh, I, I don't know if you guys would have known this. Attended Methodist College Belfast. No. I mean, probably say it wasn't you. We're at the same school, you see. So, mm. And then uh, played for the same home club as me as well. Ah, oh, yeah, I knew that one. So that would have given them one. Yeah, and they're both study accounting and finance. Uh, so Adam Dodds, that will be then, I think, four points for Nathan. Yeah, well done, man. Oh, cheers, man. So Nathan takes the win. Oh, well played, Owen, well played. Five points to uh, four, is that? Five points, I've only got three, I think. Oh, you did, you got three. Five points to three. Nathan will win this week. I should have gone earlier on Robbie Peck. I was thinking. Yeah, it. I, I thought I wasn't sure if people would remember that. I remember because Matt yeah. Benison. That's why it came to my mind. Benison Matt, was the other other Benison did, yeah. uh, did do maths at uni, but he had Robbie as his like advisor in the PhD sessions, in the tutor sessions, that's right. yeah, and that's yeah. how I find out. Oh, Robbie's PhD student, and then um, yeah, he obviously been the uni before Oxford. I remember it was mm-hmm. odd because I remember meeting Robbie, and he said he was a first year, or he yeah. said he was a. Fresher, I can't remember what he said, and I was thinking, oh, fair enough. He didn't look like a fresher, and he was he was chatting because he obviously didn't live on campus. And yeah. that was, it was a very interesting chat, and I just I just assumed he was an eighteen year old, you know. But then he finally was a Very good, boys. So um, yeah, enjoyed that one. Very good podcast good. to 
chat chat about some rec icons over the years. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you next week. Uh, if you'd like to feature anything specific, do let us know in the comments and let us know what you think about this podcast as well. Have you got anything else, Ross? Uh, no, that's it. I say same as last week, guys. Any, anyone doing exams and the uh, coursework and stuff, just good luck. And uh, hopefully that'll be over by the time you hear the next rec pod. Yeah. yeah. On that note, good luck to everyone as well. And thanks a lot for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Worries, Nathan. Great yeah. to have you on. Great to have you on, Nathan. Thanks very much for listening to the Rec Podcast and speak to you again soon. She won't forsake me. I'm loving angels instead.